Good morning, everybody. It's really good to be here. Um, I'm very excited to come to church, but I, to be honest, I was already in heaven on the way because England beat Panama 6 0 this morning, which is good. I was very excited. Re- 6 1. Yeah, forget about that one. 6 0, really. That one doesn't count. So I spoke to, I came in and Richard said to me, he said, I'm, I'm very happy for you with the score. I'm really happy for you. Hopefully, it will help you with your attitude. That's what he said to me. I thought, Richard, you're Canadian. How's that? Uh, <laughs> so we're really, really excited to be here. We've been um, looking at this uh, series. We're going to do things a little bit different today. So we've been uh, looking at the Impossible series, how to do what is easier said than done. So we've talked about how do you love your enemies. We've talked about how do you walk by faith. We've talked about how do you defeat your Goliath. And today we're talking about how to shine your light So if you've got your Bibles, please open them to Matthew chapter 5. That would be wonderful if you can do that. Uh, We're going to read from uh, this incredibly challenging uh, passage of Scripture, I think. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. And they say this. Jesus said, You are a lamp, or you are a light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Let your light shine. I absolutely love this verse, but I know it's really, really challenging. And um, I was looking into some stats on this. So for many of us... um, Letting your light shine can be kind of compartmentalized. You know, you you can be happy to do that in your family, but maybe not so much with your neighbors. Or sometimes it can be the opposite. For me, uh, I can stand on a stage and talk about Jesus to people in my neighborhood. In Manchester, no problem. Well, there's fights in the back of a tent. remember doing that once, no problem. But with my family, it's a little bit different. So for some of us, we can shine our light in some areas, but struggle in other areas. And I was uh, looking at some um, statistics about people, Christians, who were asked, to, asked about their faith at work. And apparently, 52% of Christians said they would share their faith if they got a chance, even though 73% said they felt personally responsible to share. So 73% said, I know I should, if I get the opportunity or if somebody asks me at work, I should share my faith. I know it's the difference between life and death. It's the difference between eternity. But actually, far less would actually share. In fact, out of those 73%, 31% of those believing they should, wouldn't. So uh, it may not be impossible, but for some of us, it's hard and it's difficult to share our faith. We're not always sure how to do that. And uh, sometimes, I think it can be for various reasons, different reasons maybe for you, from me. I remember um, before I got into ministry, um, when I, I left school when I was 17, and my job was to um, go around different department stores like a Macy's and relief manage people. So when I was 17, if the manager was uh, ill, my job for a couple of weeks was to go while they were on vacation and take over the, the store or their department. It was the way I was trained in retail management. And then I ended up working in a department store myself and becoming one of the managers. And um, one year, I was so passionate about Jesus, I decided I would read my Bible in a year. Anybody ever done that, read through your Bible in a year? Yeah, So I got a reading plan, and uh, in the morning breaks, 
And at lunchtime, rather than going to the canteen, I found a little hubby hole and I started to read through the Bible. And I read through the Bible in a year. And on every Friday, I fasted. And at the end of the year, I realized it was one of the most stupid things I ever did. Because near the end of the year, my work colleagues had to come to me and say, Paul, why don't you spend time with us? We never see you. We never talk to you. And I realized I'd had a year's experiment in missing the point. Reading the Bible about how we should shine our light and not taking the opportunity to do it. How stupid do you have to be? This stupid. But for some of us, it's not stupidity. It's just fear. Uh, it's awkwardness. We're not sure how to do it. We don't want to be inappropriate. Uh, we have our personalities. So how do we actually do that? So I, I've been out of kind of like secular work for many, many years. So I'm not sure I'm the person to really talk about this. So I thought I would invite someone uh, who can talk about this really well. So um, I'm going to invite Wayne out. If we can give Wayne a round of applause, encourage him. So this is Wayne. Wayne's uh, one of my oldest American friends. I've known Wayne a very, very long time. I honestly could say, without getting really mushy, he's one of my best friends. That's about as mushy as I will get. Oldest in time, not in my age. Oldest right? in time, yeah. I've known him longer than most Americans. That's true. So, um, um, but uh, I would honestly say Wayne's, um, there's nobody in the world, and I travel a lot, there's nobody in the world I would respect more uh, than Wayne. And uh, one of the many reasons I respect Wayne is, is his faith uh, and Terry's, his, Terry's wife. Hey, Lois, is Terry? Okay. Um, Wayne and Terry just really, really believe and do what they believe. So what I thought we'd do is we're going to sit down, I'm going to ask Wayne some questions about how he shares his faith, specifically at work, because I think at work is one of the hardest places for us to share our faith. Some of us will stay at home, some of us work from home, some of us have colleagues. So there'll be principles here that may not apply because you might not, might not be in the exact same situation as Wayne, but I think all the principles will be something from this morning you can get. So uh, we're going to pray and ask the Lord to help us. Never done an interview before, we'll see how it goes. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness and your love. Lord, we thank you, Lord, the reason we're Christians is because someone told us about you. Uh, someone told us about you and we thank you so much for that person. And Lord, right now, Lord, I, I just think about the person who told me about you for the first time. And I, I thank you, Lord, for that person. But we thank you for those people you put in our lives who were brave enough, bold enough, passionate enough, compassionate enough to share about you. Lord, Lord if, if they're still alive, we pray, Lord, you'll bless those people. And uh, help us now as we just talk about what it means to shine our light, we pray. In your name we ask it. Amen. I mean, take a seat, Wayne, if you don't mind. So uh, here we go, guys. So I'm going to ask Wayne five questions. And I invite Wayne to share as much as he would like for, for the time. So the first question, Wayne, is what's your story? So uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your story, um, briefly about how you came to faith, but particularly um, your workplace, because we're going to talk about your workplace. So how do you, you know, how did your career start and tell us where you are now? So. Um. So I grew up in the church. Um, my, my parents took me to church all the time. So, um, so my um, coming to faith was very early on. Um, and as far as my career today, um, start back um, at 10 years old, my grandparents bought a rental store in Ada, Oklahoma. And uh, when I was about 16, my parents uh, bought some software for that rental store. And uh, that software was called Point of Rental Software. And it just um, was software to run their rental business. 
And um, so I used the software for many years, um, went off to college, got a degree in computer science. And um, when I was um, 24, I guess, um, um, I, um, we were out um, living in Oklahoma City. I had um, married, had two kids at the time, came back and there was a message on our voice um, answer machine. And uh, for you millennials, that's, uh, they had a little tape in there and people would like <laughs> leave a message and you'd come in and you hit play. It's kind of like voicemail today. Um, and um, the message was from my dad, and my dad said, um, I got a call from Bob Schaefer of Point Rental Software today, and he was, um, he was wondering whether you were um, um, interested in a job and wanted what your contact information was. So um, listened to that message, and um, I turned around to Terry, and I said, um, we're, we're going to move to Texas, we're going to get a job at Point of Rental, and in 10 years, we're going to buy out um, Point of Rental. So... Um, um, I quit my job um, a couple days later and kind of waited, and ultimately we did get the uh, job at Point of Rental, and um, it did take a little bit longer than 10 years, um, but it probably 12 or 14 years after we started, I did get an opportunity to buy into the company, and about seven years ago, I bought out um, the founders, and so I'm now the, the CEO of Point of Rental Software. I don't know and, kind of God guides you with the finance of that, just explain yeah. that a little bit. And so, um, so I, you know, I've looked back many times why I said what I said to Terry, and um, I don't know why I said that, but um, I would guess that it was um, a, a word of knowledge. And, but the real key about the word of knowledge was that it said that we would buy out Point of Rental in 10 years. It wasn't that we were going to be given Point of Rental or that we would get it or whatever. And so um, that affected our finances for the next you know, 15 years where we saved everything that we could save in anticipation of the future being able to buy out Point of Rental. And so when the opportunity came, we had enough money saved up so that we could buy out Point of Rental. And so that was really a key, uh, key part of that. So in this second, we're going to talk about kind of like how you share your faith at work, but maybe just a minutes explain how you came to faith and why, why you're passionate about sharing your faith. Because a lot of people at workplace, it's something they'd like to do, but maybe not as passionate. I see you being really passionate and you're doing something about it. So where's that passion come from? I mean, the, the passion is for God's love for us and for us to share um, God's love with others. And so um, I think, you know, Paul says, not this Paul, but, uh, well, he might say it too, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that they'll know that we are Christians by our love. And um, I think that a lot of times that um, it's hard to tell a Christian in today's life um, because they can't see our love. And so there's a lot of divisiveness that we have across the world and in our own neighborhoods. And so um, we're called to show God's love to others. And, um, and so when we show that love, that love is an attraction to God. And um, people are like, I want what that person has. What is that? And then we have the opportunity to share that that is God that's in us. That's God that's made us different than what we standardly be. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to move on a little bit. The next question is, why your principles? So at work, we're going to talk in a moment about what you actually do. So, you, you know, you're working for this company. You've got a passion to share pe uh, your faith. So like the 73%, you, you have a responsibility. You know what God's called you to do that. Um, do you have any principles, things, you know, just general values you would have of how you would do that, either just as a, a colleague or even as, a, as an employer? 
So, um, so my life verse is Matthew uh, 5.16. And so when um, Paul asked me to, um, to do this, I sent him an email and said, okay, well, I need a slide that has Matthew 5.16 on there. And he, he laughs and sends back his, his first slide, which his first slide was uh, Matthew 5.16. So, um, <clears throat> so I guess um, uh, he either tailored this to me or um, um, this was um, a, a good Holy Spirit um, alignment. But um, let, let your light shine before others so that they might see your good deeds uh, so that God will be glorified. So it's not for us to be glorified. It's not for somebody to say, oh my goodness, you're doing a great job or you've done whatever, but it, it is the, our good deeds would, would glorify God um, to others. And so, <clears throat> so that's my life first. And, um, but I'm also a very practical guy. So, you know, I love James um, in the Bible. And basically James says, um, you know, faith without good deeds or faith without works is dead. And so we can say we have all the faith that we want, but if we're not going out there and showing that um, in deeds that people can see that, then, then our faith is dead. And so, um, you know, I make a thousand decisions a day, little decisions, and those decisions um, are impacted by my faith. And those are, you know, um, whether I treat people with respect, how I um, talk back to somebody, if I build them up or I tear them down, whether I encourage them, um, whether I, I, I show that I care for them, I care for their family, um, I respect them. Those are the decisions I make every day. Some of those decisions are based upon that I'm the boss, but the vast majority of them are the exact same decisions that all my employees and all of you guys make every day, regardless of whether you're, where you're at. And so it's not because I'm the boss that this makes a difference. It's I'm a person and I have a sphere of influence, and everybody has a sphere of influence, and so um, I'm able to make little decisions all day long that align my goal um, with what, um, what I'm doing. And so, um, you know, I tell people that, you know, if you look at the number of hours that you're at work, depending on how many hours you work, work a week, you can easily spend more hours, more waking hours at work than you do any place else. And um, so if we're, not, if we're not doing God's work in our workplace, we are missing half of our life. Um, then, so it's, <clears throat> Pays has a great saying that you don't, go on, you don't go to mission, you are on mission. So every day, wherever that is, whether that's the grocery store, whether that's work, whether that's in your own living room, you are on mission right then. And when we get to the place that we recognize that every minute of every day, we're on mission, we're on God's mission. And it's not that, oh, once a year we go down to, you know, uh, Guatemala or wherever to do mission. We are doing mission every day. So faith has to be deed. Uh, it's not just preaching at people. It's, it's showing God's love. And, uh, and just that mindset of that we're on mission all the time. Which is true. I might talk about that at the very end. So that's, that's great. So uh, next question is, what have you actually done then? So you've got the passion, you've got these principles. Uh, obviously, you've got a benefit of your boss, and that would be at work maybe the boss. They may not have as much kind of like um, influence, but with the influence you've been given, what have you done with that practically? How have you managed to shine your light at work? What have you been able to do? So, um, so as a boss, I get to make choices for the company um, that maybe um, people, other people don't. But as far as what we do at our company, we, we do have a pays apprentice that we do have. And um, 
So that Pays Apprentice primary goal is to connect, um, connect employees with each other, connect employees to community, and ultimately connect employees to God. And so um, that Pays Apprentice does a number of things. One of the things they do is they do a Havarine Bible study. So every week, um, Wednesday at lunchtime, we have a Havarine Bible study that we do. And um, it's, you know, it's just a free invitation. They're not forced to come, but um, anybody can come. Um, uh, twice, twice a year we do Because You're Loved. And um, Because You're Loved is where we connect employees to each other so that they see people as people and not just about a job that they do, but that they're actually, you know, there's a person that has, you know, personal issues and has um, goals and desires themselves and so that the, you can connect to that and actually show love and caring to each other. Um, we have a, um, um, what's the other thing? Um, right now we do um, what's called point of lentil and it's a, a lunch that the Pays Apprentice does once a week and it's just a thing where we provide food and then they sit together and eat and just talk about life and not necessarily about work, but to um, connect to each other. Um, we have a community involvement committee and that committee um, provides opportunities for the employees to get connected to community and to serve um, the disfortunate, unfortunate, disfortunate, some word, something. Um, and, and some things are, are, are a little, just a little thing, but I think make a big difference. Like. We have a, um, a Christmas party every year, and instead of having a Christmas party with just the employees, we have a Christmas party with the whole families and their kids, and um, we provide um, a Santa Claus, and Santa Claus gives all the kids a, a, a present. But before Santa comes in, um, I read the Christmas story um, to the kids, and I tell them a bit about what's the real meaning of Christmas and what that is. And, you know, it's just... It a, has, a, has a potential to be a big impact on the kids, but it's um, uh, just a little thing. So that's cool. So you've got the Bible study. So how many people come to that generally? Um, a, a dozen. dozen. How many people are in the company? So, um, so God has done some great things with the company. So um, I bought the company about seven years ago, and we had 19 employees. Um, and so in the last seven years, uh, we've grown tremendously. We now have offices in Dallas in London and in Melbourne, Australia, and have about 130, 140 employees. Um, How many in, in the U.S. Um, office, we have about 80 employees. Okay, so 80 employees and 12 of them come to covering yeah. Bible studies. Cool. So I'm going to give you a question to think about while we show a short video, which is obviously the um, apprentices are kind of like a catalyst, but really it's getting the, the actual employees empowered, the Christians and the employees. Maybe you could tell us about that in a moment. I'll show the video first and give you a moment to think about that. So, so we're just going to show a video. This is uh, one of the things that um, uh, Wayne has partnered with us to do. So what, what I want you to do is to catch that. Some of the things we're doing in church aren't just for church, they're for work or for our neighborhood or wherever they are. So uh, we've been doing Because You're Loved um, in our neighborhood, but the reality is we're also going to be doing it in businesses. And really want you to understand that at Saints, our vision is to equip you for works of service. Uh, not for you to pay a tithe so we do the work. Because that's the biblical models we equip you. So as Wayne's speaking, and maybe even as you see this video, maybe you could be thinking about how you can come to us. I'd rather we give you money to do the work than you give us money to do the work. So there might be resources or things. Well, maybe I could do a Havarine Bible study at my, my workplace. I could ask my boss if I could set something up. We'd love to train you to do that. 
So uh, let me show you this uh, little video. We're gonna... Okay, so Wayne, um, this is uh, Nate, and uh, he's one of the employees. So he's kind of rose up a little bit to leave. Can you tell us a bit more about him, or, or are there any other employees who kind of stepped up to the plate a little bit? And what would you look for in an employee? How would you say an employee could appropriately share their faith, shine their light in a business? Um, I think it's two parts. Um, one is that um, the, the Haverim, the, the concept of Haverim is that um, anybody anywhere along their journey, wherever they're at, could be part of a Haverim and can, be, and can give input. And so um, it doesn't matter whether you know all the Greek words or you don't know all the Greek words, you can still participate. And in fact, um, I, I, can remember the, I can't remember the exact passage that Nate picked that he wanted to talk about but it was about um, basically uh, genocide and about killing of a whole bunch of people. And so it was like, well, okay, that's, that's a kind of a, <laughs> a tough one. But that's, that's what, you know, that was something that he wanted to learn about and he wanted to learn different perspectives on that. And so, um, so I think that, you know, we have a number of different people that, um, that have led the Havarim and that's the goal is to get people involved, not to just sit back and, um, take in, but to be able to um, give back. And so that's um, part of that goal. But um, as far as to your second question, it's, it's almost a bigger thing. It's like, um, like Terry won't allow me to have a fish on the back of my car because of the way I drive. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprising. And so, you know, if you're, if you're going to, if I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say that I'm a Christian and that I love you, then that holds me to a higher accountability yeah. than anybody else. And so in the same way, the guys that come um, to Havarim, they're standing up and saying, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian and I adhere to, um, um, to God's laws. And so they're, they're held to a higher degree. And that is you know, how we treat each other right. and um, how, um, how we interact with them, how we do our work, how we do everything that we do, people are looking at us. And so you know, part of you know, when it says, let your light shine so that your good works might show. Well, if you shine, you know, if you, if you have your light off, you can do a lot of stuff and nobody knows what you're doing. But if you're going to turn a light on to you so you, they see what you're doing, not only do they see your good works, yeah. they're going to see your bad works too. So, um, you know, you, if you're going to turn the light on, if you're going to put a little fish sticker on the back of your car, you can't drive like a, a maniac like, like me. <laughs> so if you're going to turn the light on, then you're going to have to also stop doing some of the things that you might be doing. That kind of brings us to uh, almost our final question is, how do you navigate opposition? Have you had any opposition? Maybe you've not, I don't know. Um, obviously, people have known you for a long time, so maybe you have a, a, like a reputation where people don't maybe object as much. But how would you or how do you navigate any opposition to... Because obviously you've started, you've started a Bible study at your, your company, it's not a church. You've started basically also a missions program because, because you love at your, your company, it's not a church. Do you get any opposition, any pushback, and how, how do you or how would you navigate that? Um, so, so ultimately, um, it is about um, me explaining to people that um, because of my Christian faith, I'm going to... I'm going to love you. I'm going to show you respect. I'm going to care about you. I'm going to, um, you know, put put your well-being above profits of the company. Um, I'm going to um, care about others, and it's really hard for people to complain about that. Um, so, you know, we really haven't got any complaints about that. We are working through um, right now 
our culture of the company. And, and one of the things that we're going through is that ultimately your culture attracts people of like culture. And so, um, you know, say like Nate said, he found out there's a Bible study. And he's like, wow, that's great. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And so um, when you create a culture around you, then the people that are attracted by that culture are attracted and people right. who, who aren't attracted are, are, are to some extent repelled. But our goal isn't to hire Christians our goal is that we will hire anybody. It doesn't matter what, um, what their background is, but that once they come, they see um, a difference in our culture. Right. So you would put then, you're basically putting the kingdom above profits, and that's going to be key. Uh, if you have it the other way around, that's not going to work, I guess. It's challenging, I think. Okay, final question is tell us a story. So um, I know that you and I generally aren't, Pushy. People won't believe this of me, but uh, Pushy, we're quite shy naturally. I know you're quite shy, but uh, I know you told me a story. You have to tell me that one, but tell us a story of maybe what God's been doing in you to, to get you to shine your light a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, you surprised me with telling me a story, but you, you, he did actually tell me that he wanted me to tell um, a story. But um, So people, people typically... Um, when, if I tell them I'm, I'm shy, they're like, they don't believe me because um, they, in a small group of people or even up on stage, I'm fairly outgoing. But if you put me into a room that, that I don't know anybody, I am absolutely going to be a wallflower. I'm just going to stick over to the side. And, um, um, and so, you know, you get on a plane. I'm the guy you love having next to you on a plane that never says a word to you and just leaves you alone. I'm not the guy that's going to talk for four hours um, to you. So... Um, but anyway, so I was on a plane and I, uh, we were going through, um, a passage in Noah and on the third section of Havarim, it is, um, about where you put yourself in, um, you know, one of the characters, um, position in the story to, for you to say why that person might've acted that way. And so, um, so in this Havarim, we were, um, why would God, um, destroy his, um, his creation? And um, if, so if you were God, why would you destroy this creation? And so I'm working through that. And so it's like, you know, I wouldn't just start somebody in, in a, on a plane saying, hey, you know, you need Christ. Let's, um, you know, let's, let's pray a prayer. Um, but I took the opportunity. And like, you know what, I, I can do this. And it took me a while to finally get up enough courage. But I'm just like, hey, you know, I'm working through this, um, this um, lesson on... Um, on um, Noah and the flood and how everybody was destroyed. And so the question is, if, I were, if you were God, why would you destroy the world? And, you know, the guy was a, a little bit surprised at first, but um, he took it in and it's like, huh, if I were God, which, you know, of course you tell anybody that. It's like, ooh, boy, if I were God, <laughs> what, what would I do if I were God? Here's all the things I would do. But, um, you know, you start thinking about, well, why would God destroy, the, uh, destroy his creation? Why would he destroy the world? And if you were God, what, what, what would cause you to do that? And so, um, so ultimately, I think that's called drash, right, which is, um, is Hebrew, which um, that goes back to, I don't know any of these Greek or Hebrew words. But uh, um, so anyway, so, so we basically, we kind of drashed out why God would do that. And, you know, there was no conversion. He didn't pray a prayer, um, but it was an interaction that um, I think, you know, the guy probably walked away going, oh, that was really interesting. I don't know whether those seeds did anything, but um, 
it's, it's an example of how it's not about standing out on the sidewalk and, um, you know, or, um, yelling at people or something. Well, thank you, Wayne. We appreciate it. Let's show Wayne our uh, appreciation. Can we just, just before we go, maybe we could just stand and we could just pray for Wayne, if that's okay, and pray for his business. That'd be good. And what happens? So let's just stand in unison. We'll pray for Wayne. And um, pray for Terry. Lord, we thank you for Wayne and Terry. We thank you, Lord, for their um, support of your kingdom's work. We thank you, Lord, for their desire to be uh, authentic Christians in their workplace. Uh, we thank you, Lord. They are uh, part of that percentage who, who is taking the opportunity, Lord. And even though they're still kind of figuring out how to do it, but we thank you that they are doing it. They, they might be slightly uh, um, wary sometimes, but they, they're moving forward, Lord, and figuring this out. We pray a blessing upon their company. Pray, Lord, for many more employees to come on board who will come under the sound of the gospel, and you will continue to give them wisdom and discernment and courage and boldness. Uh, we pray a blessing upon them. In your name we ask it, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Wayne. Okay, please take your seats. Um, I'm just going to finish. Just mention one thing that um, Wayne mentioned. He, he mentioned a story uh, or a phrase that we have, and it's true. Um, my phrase is this. Uh, what happens, so going, going on mission is a bit like going to Vegas. When you take young people on mission, it's a bit like taking them to Vegas. What happens on mission stays on mission. And they get really super excited, and then they come back. So for two weeks or a week in the year, suddenly it's all about your serving others. Well, the rest of the youth program is now you come back and it's all about you again. And uh, we really believe that, that, you know, mission, it, we don't go on tour. Uh, sorry, we don't, we don't go on mission. We go on tour and we take what we're doing on every day. Um, so our desire at Saints is to help us on a daily basis to share our faith with people. And uh, again, just to say, if we, we can help anybody in any way with that please let us know if you have an opportunity to work and you're figuring out how do we do this or is there any tools or maybe you want to reach your neighbors um let us know we would love to do that Letitia wanted to reach her neighbors through using a, a, a bible study she's got all our books we're a resourcer that's what we want to do we want to resource you to to go on mission and uh, please take us up on that that's what we're about so good okay we're going to pray one more time and then um uh, Kirby's going to come. Let's thank Kirby stepping in for Ryan today. So out you come, Kirby. Maybe David can move these chairs. And uh, we appreciate Kirby just helping us uh, this uh, this day. So let's stand and we're going to we're going to um, sing one more time and I'm going to finish and have some uh, fellowship together. Lord, um, I just pray you would help us do what some for some of us seems impossible. Lord, then maybe for some of us in certain aspects of our lives, it's really difficult. Whether that's at work or in our family. Or on a plane, uh, it's difficult for us to share our faith. But I pray, Lord, you would give us the opportunity and then give us the courage as well, we pray. Help us see those opportunities and grasp them, we pray. In your name we ask it, Lord. Amen.